and I've been playing surprisingly something new, Black Skylands. No, the big surprise is that you haven't been playing Armored Core. Yeah, mm, I would like to have purchased it, but money's a bit tight at the moment. So, mm, I hear that. damn, like ten dollar bags of potato chips right now. Yeah, yeah, everything. Welcome to another episode of Player Two Pixel Cast One Hundred and Sixteen. This is the episode in which we're going to be talking about everything Gamescom. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Ken, and joining me today are two fantastic people. Um, firstly, Renee, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me again. Lovely to have you back. It's um, it's always good to have uh, new and fresh voices join uh, Tim and I. We are the the old, old, old bags on this on this particular on this particular podcast in one form or another. And on that note, the other old bag joining me on this on this episode, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I, it's possible that Renee is fantastic. I, I think I just class as kind of okay. I think I think you I think you are all both ace, so let's not talk down ourselves. Um we are in for a cracker of an episode. It's 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 going to be lots of fun. We're going to talk about all kinds of New games that's that was announced during Gamescom, trailers, news, bits and pieces, whether or not Gamescom itself was interesting as a whole. Um, but all of that will come in the second half of this episode after the music break. First, we're going to be talking about some of the games we've been playing. Um, I might go to you to you. Uh, I might go to you first, Renee. Um, talking about Dinkum. All right. So Dinkum is uh. <laughs> It's made by one person, which is insane, for what it is. Um, it is, if you took Animal Crossing and Story of Seasons and Minecraft and fused them all together, and then you set it in Australia. Hence Dinkum. Hence Dinkum. Um, so you've got jackaroos, which are like your kangaroos, but they have horns, so they're not really kangaroos. But there's like... um. <laughs> There's, like, hunting abilities, which is why I compared it to Story of Seasons as well as farming. It's just, it's just, it's like Animal Crossing, but it's so much better. <laughs> and Ooh, that's why I'm shots just fired already. <laughs> oh, the last Animal Crossing, the updates were very few and far between, and I just... I love Animal Crossing, don't get me wrong, but this one's just a lot better, and I think it's because they've added the crafting from Minecraft, and they've added the combat sort of stuff that comes across from Story of Seasons. Um, when they added farming to Animal Crossing, there just wasn't really much of a point. Because by that time, most people had already paid off all their houses and everything. Um, and in Dinkum, you've actually got two currencies. You've got the money currency, which is called Dinks. Um, and there's also you have to buy licenses. But the only way to get licenses is to do little tiny quests, and you get three quests a day, or as they call them, milestones, and they can be things like kill three enemies, um, smelt down ore, and that will give you small amounts of uh, points towards your license, because you can't just go around wielding an axe, you need a license for it first. You need a license for that axe. 
Yeah, you need a license for the axe. You need a license for the shovel. You need a you need a license. Wait, for wait, wait! You need a license for a shovel. Yes, it's called landscaping. <laughs> Man, the like the literally like six year old me that all you wanted was a plastic red shovel from Santa for Christmas is now mortified to learn that he wasn't allowed to use it. <laughs> Only in the world of Dinkum. I don't see any jackaroos bouncing around. Do you? I mean, I'm in Japan now, yeah, but, this... like, maybe back... <laughs> some vengeful kangaroos in the backyard. Definitely one that got lost in my backyard once. Well, did it have <clears throat> horns? Because these ones have horns. Probably not. No. So... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, sorry. I'm curious about, I guess, the... I don't want to say the point of the game, because that defeats the point of the game but i guess like okay. something like star like like these type of games you know often trade on on being like life simulators you're you have this idyllic farm life you're growing stuff you're doing things you've got chores um i guess to what end like stardew valley if you get into a groove you're tending your farm but you know this <laughs> There is technically the, the, a thing to finish there, but I There I is know, technically I a thing to finish, but the Stardew Valley, the activity is the fun bit, the the farming. Kind of and refining the, it until you're making a bajillion star fruit and all the money in yeah, the world. Like that like making that machine, making that engine is kind of the fun bit. Is is that kind well, of the appeal of Dinkum? Is that kind of the same thing? Well or, one of the things is that I I wasn't actually initially expecting there to be any story at all, but yeah. it's actually a very small story. Um, something happened to the world and it went south. So all the technology that people kind of used to use, they don't know what phones are, they don't know what keyboards are, they don't, like, you dig up these things and it just, a phone's called a smooth slate because they don't know what it's for. Mm. Um, so something happened and everyone is stuck in South City, where the only fish to eat is called blobfish. It tastes terrible, like wet cardboard, apparently. Um, but nobody will leave this big corporate grey metropolis. But somebody gets in contact, uh, asks for someone to come and help them create... Well, the thing is, you get to name the island. Um, it, the first one I called uh, Swearing Aloud... Yeah. Um, uh, well, the first one I called Bumfuck Nowhere, and it went through, and I was like, what? This isn't normally allowed. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, the, the, entire the entire goal is to rebuild the town that the person that um, put a notice board up was asking someone to come with them to help them rebuild the town, because they're old and can't do it by themselves. Yeah. So, Do you get into that... That that really really like flow state with this game, like you would with a Stardew or or like that kind of that one more turn, one thing, one more thing. That's right. That like you're doing one thing and then that thing and then this. Oh, the the chicken has laid its eggs, and so I've got to put it into the thing to sell it. But then I'll get the money to do like. And the, now it's that, time to have to go to bed, and so I guess I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> and like the list starts to compound itself. Yep. Um, essentially, the first thing I did was I decided where I was going to build my house and how I was going to build my house. Actually, the first time I did it, I um, ended up abandoning that island because I had wary moos everywhere, which are cassowaries, 
which means if you went anywhere slightly north on my island, you'd get attacked. So I decided it was cursed and uh, just just abandoned it. Um, and but the thing is that I just focused on my house area first. I've got like a tree farm happening with the different types of wood. I've got animals set up. I've got my farm set up, and now I'm working on getting the town to look nice. So it 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 is very much that. It's this is do I need so much ore to make this item that will be used in the town seems potentially more involved than stardew then because while there's a plot in stardew about like restoring the town or potentially selling out to the corporation like you're not because i'm watching trailers at the moment and like you are building the town almost it looks like yeah essentially you're picking where everything goes um everything is pretty much uh very similar to animal crossing whenever you build a building there's a the town is in debt, you have to pay it off before you can build the next building, but you can also get, there'll be people called nomads who travel around, and you can actually invite them to stay to your town, if they well, if they like you enough, they'll say I've spoken to the town hall, I have a deed, um, I'd like to come here. Not going to be and a nomad to anymore. where they've got to go. Yeah. They're like, oh, I really like this place, so I'll, uh, I'll move in. But it's just, uh, it was just something that came completely out of left field. For me that I just randomly found out after I was really disappointed that Fay Farm was going to cost $80. Oof. Yeah. Sim- similar type of game, but um, except with obviously a fair... It is very game. Aussie. Like, the name itself oh, yeah. isn't... It is so Aussie. Everyone still says Stroof and Mate and um, for the one year anniversary you have Snags on the Barbie. So, you know, the good old sausage sizzle. Which apparently is a considered a rare delicacy in Dinkum. It's, uh, it is. It is very right, Aussie. Sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I'm just curious, actually, because you just briefly men- name dropped another game called Fay Farm, um, and yep. and you said that well, that was eighty dollars. Yes, it's going to be eighty dollars on the oh. Switch and on Steam, and I was just like, I'm not paying that much for a. What essentially is very similar to other indie games, except they they are people that used to do. Um, I think they used to work for EA, I believe. Mm. And I'm like, I'm just not paying eighty dollars for a farming game. I don't care if yeah. it has four player multiplayer. Dinkum has four player multiplayer. That's yeah. why I ended up getting Dinkum, it. Actually, because I mean, just looping the trailers and like silent at the moment, it, I'm. I, Never heard of it before, and it actually looks kind of okay. It, it, yeah, it, it, it's really it, well done for one person. One person who's made this entire thing. I think it took him three years to make it. And I'm like, I don't know how the hell he managed it. Yeah, because... I'm guessing there's a lot of probably like pre-purchase assets, but still. But I even don't think then. there is. Because um, uh, it's... Everyone... like All the characters seem to be fairly well thought out and everything so the person that you buy animals from is essentially his name's Erwin happens to look exactly like Steve, Steve or yeah. yeah or his son um Robert and like the nomad that comes and stays that sells you plants she tends to say a lot of like stuff like this like that sort of thing like she's um so each person has their own way of talking. And I think there's also a neurodivergent uh, 
scientist who is trying to figure out what what happened in the past sort of thing where she um you collect cds for her as they call them their shiny discs and she finds out information on them one of the things that i really love about the game is that it in the end you can actually automate your farm and this is the thing like every oh. tool so you have like copper tools um tin tools and iron tools but then the next step after that is automated tools so you get things like dirt printers instead of shovels you get ground compactors chainsaws <laughs> it's pretty crazy uh, i believe one of the most expensive items in the game that you can get is a helicopter i mean a helicopter would be expensive yeah <laughs> especially for a society just... with no phones yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this you got the one scientist who will build all this stuff for you, so, you know, you've completely monopolized them. Yeah. You get them to move to Dinkum, and you're just like, this is, you know, this is just going to stay with us. All those other people in South City can go and waste their entire lives slugging away for the man while I'm flying around in a and helicopter. And blobfish. Yeah, and blobfish, which apparently tastes like wet cardboard, but yeah. have less texture. <laughs> it's according to the person who uh, recruits you, Fletch. Yeah. Well, um, sounds like you're having a pretty good time with that game. I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been playing. Did... Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, I've been playing something new, which shock. is I am a shock. shocked. <laughs> For the people who know me, mostly because I tend to have a very long uh, list of unplayed games on my Steam. Di- Steam. I mean, everybody uh, has that. It's just you have- and everybody has that. Oh. And then I constantly just play the same thing over and over again. Um, and then and then I play the same thing for months and months and months. Um, isn't isn't that like what everyone does? They just look at their they're like, oh, I got nothing, and they just stare at the full Steam list and go, oh, I'll just play what I normally play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't feel so bad now, but I have played something new. Um, this is called Black Skylands. This is a top down top down action game um, where you are a uh, junior officer in some type of fantasy, uh, fantasy semi. This is like an airship uh, kind of world. It's an airship kind of world, yeah. So if you're thinking, if you're thinking like, uh, what's that Neil Gaiman movie, Stardust, um, where there's an airships and pirates and lots well, of skies of Arcadia in the world of video games and skies of Arcadia. That's absolutely skies of Arcadia, where it at the same time has very low technology, while at the same time also has sniper rifles and assault rifles. Um, <laughs> and they got to the guns and d- decided we don't need to improve. We don't need anything else. Yeah. So your yeah, airship is. <laughs> The airships are lifted up by like gigantic balloons, and you're so slowly sort of like sailing the clouds. So it's got this, it's got this sort of um, it's top down, it's action. Uh, you're very sailing from one very pixel arty. You're sailing sky sailing, flying. You're not really flying from one island, sky island to another sky island. 
the story so far hints at some type of lore and some type of world that existed before it, but I'm so early on in the game, I don't know what that is all about. There are multiple factions, and it has some of the stereotypical um, story beats of this type of fiction, where the main character is supposedly a like person from another nation who grew up in this nation and the nations are at war and therefore the my main character grew up with lots of slurs and and insults thrown at them for being you know of the enemy nation you know that sort of thing and like no i grew up here i am of here and the people are like no 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 you're not you're from the outside. Um, yes, but you were born over there, so yeah, but that's you were... your only. That's it. That's you. That's you. That's your only attribute. That's your only meaningful yeah. attribute. Yeah. Um, it's, it's some of those, you know, very familiar stereotypical fantasy um, story beats. But the thing that I do like, I do like about it, is that you've got the top-down action, you've got guns and shooting, it plays a little bit like, I guess, Hotline Miami. A little bit in that you've got your... I can see that in the animations. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got a little bit of that Hotline Miami feel to it when you're on foot shooting and you've got your weapons and, and... Enemies can be pretty brutal. They keep charging at you. You know they've got your they've got melee melee weapons and that sort of thing. And then you've also got the airship component, which is almost like a naval battle. You've got a cannon up front that's pointed okay. forward, and then you've got like your side cannons where you're trying to like launch volleys at your at the enemies. So you've got this naval feel, naval combat you know, component to the airships, and then you've got your top-down action bits. And in between all of that, you've got a lot of crafting. You can uh, upgrade your ships and build bits. No, not crafting. You, you've got this whole, yeah, whole crafting system for your ships where you can up upgrade its components and weapons, and you can pick up new ships that have different stats. And then you can do the same with your weapons. You've got, you know, you can upgrade each individual item with better stats, and, but at the same time, you can also swap out components with like a better sight and a better barrel and a better stock. Mm. Uh, and, and there's all these bits and pieces that you could mix in. And it's just a really, really fun combination. Yeah, a really, really fun. Describing it, I was like, how, how do you get the top-down action part and the airship part? Because I'm like, the airship part sounds really like relaxing and <laughs> completely different but no when you said that you've got to you know fight that makes a lot more sense yeah yeah and and for all intents and purposes like it's supposedly airships and you're in the sky and there are clouds and islands but really it's it's just sailing right because mm -hmm. you literally they literally have currents you can see the wind blowing in one particular direction and and you can um uh you can ride those currents from one place to another. You've got to top up. You have to go buy fuel and make sure that you've got plenty of fuel for your airships. Um, you have to repair your ships after each battle because you will be taking damage. Uh, and you've got to have the repair kits to fix it up. And you have to have... Um, so you don't have to repair it. But it's you probably should it. repair it, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably maintain... Yes, maintain your equipment. Um... I'm 
I'm really enjoying it. I don't know if it's something that will stick with all the way through to the very, very end, because I do have a tendency of just dropping games when it becomes more of a chore and less fun. It's like, oh, I'm, I don't necessarily have to always play to the very end. I don't see the point in that. Have it's my... like a really good attitude to have. Though. Yeah, you do not have my like problematic condition. <laughs> Am I close enough? I need to like see the end credits so I like, move on. No, no. Like I'm, I'm always happy to just like I've had my time. Like you and I, we've had our time together, and it's time mm. to just move on. Um, but I've really enjoyed it. It's just such a combination of things that I like across multiple other games, just sort of smashed together into this one single package. I like naval combat games, and I like top-down action games, and I do like something with a little bit of um, bit of crafting in it, and I do like games in which I feel like I'm... I, there is a little bit of sense of exploration and moving about the space and on my being on my own. That's why I do like games like... Um, you know, I've talked about Wind Waker. One of my favorite parts of Wind mm-hmm. Waker is sailing the ocean, like... On my and the boat. wind in this looks very Wind Waker, like there's visible it's, streaks that you kind of... Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much, yes. So, like, that's always my favorite part of Wind Waker, that, that, that sailing the ocean bit. So this is this has that in spades. Um, I recently did a player-to-player video of a game from the Steam Next Fest called, called Zero Civets. Which is a top-down survival game where there they do where there are some shared elements in terms of, you know, pretty hardcore combat along with equipments and trying to survive out in the wilderness. So it's just a little bit of survival element to it. Um, the two D some of the boss battles I've been into in one boss battles one boss battle so far, and it's very very like um, 90s era uh, action RPG type of of 2D action game type of boss where they've got repeating patterns of attacks mm. and um and multiple phases and it's like yeah yeah you know you're wearing this game wears its its inspiration right on its sleeve and it's you know cobbling parts together that really appeal to me so it still kind of um, like its own thing though so it kind of like in that yeah in doing that it's making its own little stew right it's got like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Put it on the slow boil and cook it up. And it's like, yeah, this is this 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 is right up my alley. Also, a sort of things that you wouldn't really expect to kind of go together as well. Yes. Like if you said to someone, a naval battle, but in the sky, and there's also top-down action. People would be like, what? Yeah. Sound but, like it goes. It doesn't sound like, but when you look at it in action, and in, and in, in you watch a trailer or two, it's like, oh, yeah, right, I see it. Yeah, this, this, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good tasting stew, this, this, this mix. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, um, with Black Skylands at the moment. Um, we might just jump to you next, Tim, and yep. you've been playing something called Embracelet, which I am, again, another thing I'm not yeah, familiar with. We've had a hell of a lineup of games for this episode, actually. There have been like a few big releases since our last episode, and we are playing none of them, or we've just found a whole bunch of other wacky stuff. Um, so yeah, Embracelets, it's a weird, weird name, but it is about a magical bracelet. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a portmanteau of like Embrace and Bracelet or something, but 
Um, yes. Again, we're like, we're... I, I think it's, I think that's exactly what it's supposed Go on. to be. But like, <laughs> I feel like in they should like have gone N bracelet instead of M bracelet because Enchanted would have worked better with that. Um, but whatever. I mean, the game's from Norway, so you know English probably second language kind of situation. And again, this is like another basically like one person um, joint, and yeah, Ooh, we're coming all coming in with the one people developer games. Yeah, I think I think actually I don't know how many people were involved in um like Skylands, probably like a couple more, but yeah. I mean the the credit roll on this game was very short. There was a lot more thank yous than there were development things. <laughs> um but yeah, this is a sort of a very simplified three D uh spin on adventure games, I guess. By Machine Boy AS, which may or may not mean anything to anybody. Again, like that's like the one person. Um, the previous game was like Milk. I've actually heard of it before, which is um, Milk Made of the Milky Way, which I've never played, but that is a name that sounds slightly familiar, and I believe is a more traditional point and click. Um, this one is like just straight up. He clearly does not have much experience with 3D. Like it's very simple, flat shaded. Um, everything, really. But you're basically playing like a late mid to late teens, um, boy in northern, um, Norway, whose dying grandfather is like, hey, you should go to the town where I was born. Which is also on, like, this really remote island with a population of, like, 50 people. And then he's like, mom, I want to go. And she's like, no. And he's like, mom, I want to go. And she's like, no. And he's like, mom, I want to go. And then eventually, like, she re relents because, you know. And so you go, go there and- Go already, shut and up. And then, like, just go to, like, find out the- the source, really, of this magical bracelet, which your grandfather also gave you, which is kind of like your, like... Now, like, modern games now kind of, like, just have an action buddy that's very action button that's kind of context-sensitive, and if you're near a wall, you'll climb the wall, mm -hmm. but if you're, like, near a treasure chest, you'll open the treasure chest. It, the bracelet is kind of like a magical bracelet for that, except, like, slightly more puzzle stuff, but it, it just kind of replaces the inventory... I guess, so you might find, like, oh, this person's upset because he can't, like, dry out his fish for jerky or whatever, and then you find where it's, um, the drying rack has fallen over, and then you activate the bracelet, and then, like, put up the pieces in the right order, and then, like, the person will actually, um, you know, talk to you after that. So it falls back at a pretty simple mechanic, but, like, it actually kind of works because of that. Um, the, it... Actually, no, the, there are a couple of, like, confusing bits where it's like, oh, I actually... Oh, there was definitely one bit early on where it's, like, basically a pachinko machine that you just have to keep on guessing at until you win to make a phone call. That's that's kind of annoying. Um, it couldn't have been that long, because I finished oh, the yeah. whole thing in about five hours, I think. But it is actually, like... Well, one, I'm, like, even as visually super simple as this was, I think I'm, at this point, like, down for, like, unique settings in video games... It's like, yep, seen video game Tokyo before, definitely been to video game New York a lot of times. Oh, yep, that's a, that's a Tolkien-ass fantasy land, been there like a million times. I'm like, alright, you know, right, Norway, don't think, I don't know many games that are set in Norway. Especially, like, like super, super remote, um, part, so to speak. But, like, the story in this one actually kind of does develop pretty well. Maybe it's a little too fantastical. In places, but it, like it turns, it manages to handle itself pretty well. As a okay, you meet like a couple of like the only other 
particularly young people on this island, that kind of, like, manages to balance itself between about, what the fuck is this bracelet, which, it explains where it comes from, but it doesn't really explain how it does all the magic shit it does. Um, while also, like, kind of being about, like, balancing a relationship between those two characters, and it does seem like there may be, like, a couple of different ways the stories could go. go. I can't verify that, because I played it once, so I was pretty happy to put it down, I'm not going to go play it multiple times to see how things go different if I choose some different dialogue stuff, but it it does say straight up at the front, like, you cannot lose. People will treat you maybe differently depending on what you say to them. And I, I did actually get the impression that, that is actually what was happening. Um, to what degree, whether or not it was, you know, like a big, big divergence in the story later on, or if it was kind of like the telltale, so-and-so will remember that, which yeah. we've written on the screen, it's and it doesn't actually do anything, but the playtesting showed that people seem to react strongly to being told that that would happen. I, uh, I mean, really, a lot of the time it was just, you had one or two maybe big decisions that actually mm. affected it, and well, everything the, else was just... Well, the characters remembering stuff that, like, one of the devs straight up, literally straight up came out and said that, yeah, that, like, that never happened. We literally just wrote that on the screen. Because, like, it, it affected people. Yeah. It made them think that they would remember it. <laughs> yeah, it, apparently it worked. Um, This doesn't, like, resort to that. But it is like kind of more like direct char character control, not point and click. It was a pretty ideal Switch game, in the, in the sense that it would probably also, if you have like an old laptop from five years ago and this sounds interesting in any way, like do not even bother to check the system specs. You can probably run this. I was going to say that one of the good things about games like that is that when, like, so similar to kind of like Jet Set Radio Future and those sorts of games, is that. With such a unique art style, often it won't... It'll be kind of timeless. Somewhat. So even in the future, if someone comes back to play it, they would still... It would still look kind of the same as it would then. Yeah, I mean, this is less artistically accomplished than a Jet Set Radio. Definitely. But it will always look as it looks. I don't know, this is a weird thing with, like, these, like, flat-shaded games, and maybe it is, like, just a... A style thing with Unity that you can, like, just purchase or something where I like, always have these weird like separate colored like very obviously polygonal noses that like it's going on here and I've like seen that in like a bunch of games Around. maybe they're all using the same uh, asset kit or something like base kit I mean I don't think it's straight up stolen assets but it's just like a, just a thing that I've noticed anyway but no like this is like just a, a simplified taken an adventure game and it um honestly it works pretty well. Sometimes the puzzles are a little, like, a couple of times the puzzles are pretty dumb, and one of them I think I was pretty lucky to get, so, like, mild spoiler, at one point you need to, um, get into, like, a abandoned, like, military corner of the island, and there's, like, a password you have to put in, which is actually... Thank heavens the game's not voice... It literally, at this point, depends on not being voice acted, because the password is the name of the dog, which was something like Issy, so it's like, oh, it's like 1551. It's like one of those, if I had just not randomly guessed that, I may have been stuck there. For. Jeez. Forever. <laughs> um, but there's, I mean, because there's not enough, there aren't like that many other things you can try to do, so you can kind of fumble your way, or at least I did, I didn't have to look it up. Fumble your way through that anyway. But. <clears throat> yeah. I know, it's, it's simple, um, the story's yeah. quite nice. Yes, Ken. No, I was going to say, you know, I think at this point we might as well just take a take a break and fix your internet when we come back.
Yeah, because I just put into the chat, my internet's playing up. So I didn't hear pretty much the last like three or four minutes of what you were saying because it was just all like, mm, uh, ooh, uh, uh, mm. <laughs> Aren't so, you lo- looking forward to listening back to this episode then? <laughs> well, if we're using your recording, we won't have to. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. Um, and when we come back, we'll talk about Gamescom. Welcome back. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about all things Gamecom, this Gamescom, this episode. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the games that we saw that were announced, some of the trailers that might have uh, dropped during the Gamescom period. Um, we can talk about uh, Gamescom as a, as a whole um, and what, what are our thoughts about the entire show. But uh, we might just go around, like I said, talk about some of the things that jumped out at us, some of the things that looked interesting. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, that will be that will be the focus for this show. I might go to Tim first. Yeah. Tim, what did you think? Gamescom, did you like anything? Did you see anything that caught your eye? Oh man. I I hate the timing of it this year. I was like just cramming trailers before this recording. <laughs> It's like like this like the whole like opening night and everything basically coincided with me like leaving and like coming back home and then my flight being delayed by fifty minutes which caused me to miss the last bus back home by five minutes. That that sounds like a ordeal, but so, okay. And I was like, yeah, it was. But also like my normal routine of like I'll just put this on in the background when I'm cleaning just wasn't able to happen. <laughs> So, I mean, we'll get to this later, I guess. I'm, like, starting to have some, some thoughts about, like, how we even consume this stuff anymore and, like, keep it organized. Because every website just seems to be a mess if you want to, like, find everything nicely packaged in the one spot. And I miss magazines! Anyway, there is, there is one clear, there is one clear highlight, though, which did somehow manage to find its way to me. Which is, hey, Broken Sword! Is there Broken Sword? They announced a new Broken Sword. I'm a bit conflicted about how it looks at the moment, but there's also, like, a finally a 4K remaster of the first one coming as well. Didn't they say they used AI to help with the remaster? Yeah, this is where things, like, get, like, super weird and interesting, because, um, I get, like, I, I... Actually, the trailer for Broken Sword 6, like, leads into, like, the like the, a little bit of, like, the trailer for, like, the remaster of Broken Sword 1. Broken Sword 1 still looks really fucking good. But it would be, like, really expensive to make. But, like, I mean, okay, they're using... 
AI to help, like, probably make it widescreen and higher res. But they're using AI for their own art. Which I have significantly fewer moral dilemmas with. Yeah, I mean, at least... It's not like a plagiarism engine, it's just kind of like... Yeah. Help, it's like... I I haven't looked too deeply into it, I haven't had the time, but it seems to be, like, the sort of thing where it would actually, like, be more to assist the workflow than to, like, replace people. Mm. Um, and depressingly, like, Revolution Software at this point is actually a super small studio. But I would love, I would fucking love to play Broken Sword in, like, an actual widescreen native resolution. Um, probably more than I would Broken Sword 6, actually. They said that the reason they used AI was because it wasn't possible otherwise. They said they oh. wouldn't have been able to do it. Very, very likely, I remember um, interviewing Charles Cecil about Broken Sword 5, which disturbingly is about a decade old at this point. And like saying, I mostly like it, but like, is there any chance we could have like some more sprites instead of like these kind of cell shaded? And like, even then, he was like, it's just too expensive to get the drawings done. Although. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, what I would have been down with is, like, for the main characters, get all, the, like, the basic sprite work for, like, all this, like, the main, like, drawing and inventory, walk animations, everything, and just reuse them between the remaster of Broken Sword 1 and Broken Sword 6, because I'm not so sure about how I feel about the character modeling of Broken Sword 6. I mean, it could it could be early days, but whatever, I, I mean, I'm gonna play it. <laughs> It doesn't matter what they do, you'll probably still play it. I think they probably could destroy it and make me not want to play it, but I don't think they will. Even Broken Sword 4 I enjoyed, so. Yeah. Well, I don't have the affinity to that particular series. Um, How about you, Renee? Did you see anything Um, that caught your eye? I was really surprised that my brain has just forgotten what it was called. That's really useful, brain. <laughs> I mean, well, it gave. I saw the Alan Wake trailer, and I was like, I'm not entirely sure if I like this or not because they had used the actor as well as the game footage. So I'm like, I'm not sure how this is gonna. Like, I'll have to keep watching it to find out if if it's something that I'm interested in. Because one of the things mm. I really enjoyed about the original Alan Wake was actually the first DLC um, Was it American Nightmare? Where you it? would... No, not American Nightmare. That was um, the next game that they brought out, which wasn't technically a sequel but also wasn't actually... I don't know. It's very confusing. Um, the first DLC actually goes... You use... You would go into a place and there would be things missing and there'd be words and you'd have to use the torch to light up the word to make that thing appear. So if you needed a light and there was uh, just a word where the light post should be, you could use the torch on that and make it come into existence. That was really neat, and they only ever used it for that part one of the D- the DLC. It was after the main game. This is during the drawn to life scribble knots phase. It's a cool little Probably. idea, though. It was just really, it was just really nice, and it had also breaking up, uh, broken up the monotony of the initial game, I think, because I, f- I found myself getting frustrated with it. Um, I think probably because they were the end of a bit of bullet sponges. Oh, they and, were very bullet spongy. 
Yeah, it, it's hard to. I find ho horror is really hard to. It's hard to feel horrified when you're pissed off. Like I can't be scared if I'm angry. <laughs> like it just doesn't work. All the tension goes out the window, and I go, I need to deal with this because it's going to piss me off. And I just remembered what the other game was. I was surprised to see that they're doing a new killing floor, which um I they I got to where Left 4 Dead failed to get. They're making a third one. Yeah, they're making a third one, and I was just—I'm just really surprised because um, generally you just set up a place and you just let the enemies rush you and you shoot them. And I'm like, I'm not entirely sure. It looks like there's some kind of story happening, which wasn't really in the first or second one. But that game has quite a following, though, doesn't it? I mean, Killing Floor. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it, got a quite a strong. It's a fun game. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying it's not a fun game. Did I also spam Dosh here in the waiting lobby? You bet I did. Because <laughs> it... I mean, I think it was just that there was... The first, the original one was like the... There was monsters taking over, like mutants taking over London. I remember the second one was... It wasn't so much the story that you were playing it for, it was for like the new modes and stuff. But yeah, I, I didn't play the second one for very long. I don't really remember why. But I was just really surprised that, that they brought out a third one. <laughs> they just went, yeah, no, we need a third. Yeah. I, I think generationally it makes sense. Like, this will be the one for this cycle. Also, they're not Nintendo. Basically, only Nintendo gets away with... We've never... Having never the same... Like, that, we may never get a new Mario Kart ever again. A new, a new oh. Nintendo console will come out, they're just going to port and add some more tracks. I refuse to buy Mario Kart 8 again. I have it on Wii U, I'm not buying it again. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, I mean, I wanted to just circle back a little bit to what you were saying, Tim, in terms of, like, consuming Gamescom, because mm. like you, I was also furiously looking at like all the announcements and news pieces um, a moment ago, like earlier this afternoon and, 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 and everything. And it's kind of a hodgepodge. It's kind of like all over the place. I, there is, I think, I don't think anyone did it by design. My basic theory is like just by necessity of getting all of the clicks possible, that all the big game websites have gradually kind of spread things out of multiple different types of coverage maybe 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 but you know i i i went to you know the old faithful ign right because yeah. they would have everything ign i mean they would and but they haven't put it in the same bucket they haven't put it in the same bucket there's a page that is like all the new announcements and it's and you scroll down from day five down to day one at the bottom i'm like that's a really weird way of lining up your info and then there is a link to here's a link to another news page with nine trailers i'm like that's really odd <laughs> and it's sometimes really difficult to find out what the common link between why those trailers are on the same page together but not yeah. this other one and like and it's like here's here's three trailers that we saw yesterday i'm like okay that gives me no context as to yeah, what the uh what the common thread might be. So you um, go, go back in time 10 years and you get an issue of Hyperin and be like, here's like eight or nine pages of Gamescom stuff. And well, like, 
Yeah, okay, I know exactly what I'm looking at. There it is. Well, even even website coverage of E3 from a couple years ago would be like, this is our E3 hub. Yeah. Here's all the trailers. Here's like, like... all the trailers from day one. Here's all the trailers from day two. Here's all the trailers yeah. from day three. That's right. And here's the here are the big news news conferences. One, two, three, Xbox, so Sony, whatever. Those are the three big ones. You want to see that up front. Um here are the indies on this side. Like you know, like at least there was a a, a bucket. Some form like of a, yeah, cohesion. Some form like, of some whole form all of all the food is in the same restaurant, like <laughs> So I've, it's all I on found the same it, table as opposed to in all different tables, and you have to wander. Yeah, so it's it's really hard to sort of pass the the information this time. And I know, and I mentioned it briefly during you know before we started the episode, but it didn't feel like the hype train was here this year for Gamescom. No, um, yeah, I think the best explanation for that for me was like. This morning was, like, the first time I really had, like, a chance to just be home alone for a bit and, like, clean up. And, okay, cleaning is not necessarily fun, but it's normally a great way for me to, like, catch up on this shit. It's, like, when I have to get laundry done, like, wash all the dishes, I just have, like, the main press events on in the background. I literally, even though we have three-quarter the podcast right now, just completely blanked my mind until later in the afternoon that maybe I should have done that. Yeah. So... Looking through um, all of this, all, all of the stuff that I could find, uh, do I have a top favorite? I don't know if I've got a top, 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 top favorite. Um, Stalker 2 looks interesting, and I've Still, always been... But that's like very known quantity for a very long time now. Yeah. And well, there's there's a lot more information. Like there's a lot more gameplay um, being shown over the last couple of days than there has been for a long while. We're getting to that point in the cycle, and yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, as well, and and so so you know, Stalker Two looks good. I've never played any of the previous Stalker games, but the idea um, that that the idea of like trying to survive and explore this spooky um, nuclear nuclear wasteland uh, has always been appealing, like that sort of setting. So I, I've, liked, I've liked the Metro games. I haven't played any of the previous Stalker, Stalker games, and Stalker 2 seems like a really, really good place to jump on. Um, so that looks kind of nice. Uh... I kind of had the same thing where I looked at the I was looking at the trailers and I just checked IGN like Ken did. And I was like, nothing here really overly appeals to me. Like, yeah. The only thing that I was already interested in was Ellen Wake and it actually probably deterred me more than it actually <laughs> did. It's been a pretty strong show for horror though in general, like if that's your thing, like I actually don't think this was any weaker than Summer Games Fest. Like, as much as I was yeah. not on the hype train, like, it... Uh, maybe there's not a whole lot of standout stuff, but everything looks pretty okay. Yeah, I think it's just... Uh, I didn't... I only saw Alan Wake as in the horror... In terms of horror, a lot of the stuff they were showing was a lot of the, like, um... War... I saw something that was similar to Civilization that I was like, that seems kind of interesting, but I don't really... I like town builders, but I don't really like the war aspect of it, so... 
It's interesting that more than one company is now taking a stab at that and turning it into an actual genre because, like, Civilization literally just had complete dominance of what it was for, like, two decades. And then Sega came along with Humanity a couple of years ago. And I forgot... I know the game you're talking about. I've forgotten what it's called. And I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah, I have also forgotten what it's called. It's got some... Like, just... Again, just, yeah. like, nothing's on the same page, so, like, I'm just scrolling, yeah. hoping it's gonna... <laughs> Okay, see, this is this is what I mean. Okay, actually, there was actually one game I am extremely hyped about. I I am extremely excited about, and it only just remembered it because it didn't pop up through my searching of of websites. But Space Marine Two, Warhammer 40k, Space Marine Two. Okay, that they showed much I, more of it. I didn't even know that was. Oh, the they showed a lot of it. <laughs> I remember because I actually saw this like the there was a gameplay trailer. Well, yeah, a gameplay trailer from a few days ago. It's a lot more than anybody's seen. Um, but I was a massive fan of the first Space Marine. Um, I quite enjoy the setting of Warhammer 40k, recognizing that it's, it, there, there are problems with that, with that setting. Um, but I, I really enjoyed Space Marine. And Space Marine 2 looks like more of that type of game, which is like, yes, please. Shooting hordes and hordes of, like, um, giant. It's aliens. kind of weird that that's the sort of thing I think I could get excited about as well. Space Marine was just like a better than expected one of those, and those were like pretty common at the time, and now it's like, oh, those don't happen as much anymore. I would like yeah. a big, stompy third person action game every now and then. Yeah, big stompy, big stompy dude in a, in big armor. It so seems so like a lot of, like it's kind of in waves. Like at the moment, there's a lot of farming games, and I think a while back there was so many early access survival games on Steam. Hmm. Just kind of goes through them. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that 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 sort of. Uh, it's like fashion trends or food trends. It's like it comes in waves, you know. But um, uh, 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 Space Marine Two is definitely one that I'm I'm interested. Uh, anything else that might have been? Well, not necessarily. I guess uh, 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 something that you're hyped about or super excited about. Uh, but there are a few things that I definitely found interesting. Some of them are just like that's a weird thing to think about in general, as opposed to actual games. So, like, I found the Player 2's... We, we actually did cover it. <laughs> um, good job, Paul and Jess. <laughs> um, but I'm, like, just noticing here that... Yeah, so uh, there's a game called Streets of Rogue 2 and... Um, oh, Streets of Rogue, yes. I, and Endzone 2. And along with Paul and Jess, these are sequels to games that I was not even that aware began existed in the first place. So, like, it, it does remind me this is, like, kind of a different territory... <laughs> And the focus of, of like like having a bigger big announcement for a sequel to a game that I don't know is I'm I'm more plugged in than the average person you would think so it's kind of, kind of wild. Although Streets of Rogue Two actually looks kind of neat. I kind of want to know what the first one's about now. It's just something about millions of open worlds. I'm guessing there's a lot of procedural generation going on there. Yeah. Um, Bulletstorm VR sounds like it could be fucking amazing. It may be a total disaster. But Bulletstorm is a game that, if they get it right, would be fucking wild in virtual reality. Um, my excitement... They just have to get it right. 
Yeah, my yeah, and my excitement there is somewhat tempered by the fact that like it's got meta quests like plastered all over it, and that's probably not maybe the ideal spot for that. Um, Homeworld three. I never played Homeworld one and two, but I always like look super cool, and I'm like actually happy. This and there's like another one I forgot the name of. Like traditional RTS is maybe making a little bit of a comeback. Well, there's Age of Empires four, like, is re- four or a remaster, or another one or something. It's not Age of Empires. Like, there's a whole like completely new one as well. I've forgotten what it's called. Um, scrolling shot, whatever. There's a, there's one that like straight up says it's like Warcraft three. Um, Stormgate, I think. I don't... Which, I, I, like, I'm happy for the RTS fans if they're still there. If they're, if they're still out there, I presume that they are. They're yeah, hiding th- somewhere. They're, they're, they're somewhere. Um, that Dustborn they're thing actually looks pretty fucking rad. It's like, Telltale meets more, way more quirky characters on a road trip with, like, action stuff. Oh yeah, I was looking at that one because I I really enjoyed I really enjoy Quantum Dream stuff usually. That looks so like a good. It could be a miss, but it looks pretty good. I didn't is know. That a Quantum was, Dream is it game? Quantum Dream? I didn't actually know that. I'm pretty sure they said that. Same people made um Heavy Rain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then they have taken a huge stylistic departure. Oh yeah, yeah. And, like, good job, Quantic Dream, for, like, sneakily... Yeah? A publisher, Quantic Dream. Oh, okay. That makes a bit yeah, more sense. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it is not nearly too... It is way too, like, self-silly to be a Quantic Dream game. Like, Yeah. It's too self-aware. Like, it's not po-faced enough to be a Quantic Dream game. <laughs> um... I was very pleased, well, pleased to see um, a new Hellboy game. Is it new? Uh, I, think been, re- I think it's been a known thing. Maybe they're just finally showing. They're showing it, and I, 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 uh, speaks to me because I quite enjoy the Hellboy comics. Um, that sort of mix of uh, uh, folklore, particularly like Eastern European folklore, a lot of... Um, Baba Yaga and and that sort of thing mixed in with 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 paranormal investigations. Um, love that stuff. That that type that type of setting is 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 one that's very enticing to me. So I've always enjoyed the Hellboy ga- Hellboy comics. Um, I think they've tried making a Hellboy game before. Um, this one, uh, but this one looks go through or something yeah i can't remember i i, I vaguely remember i'm i'm sure I, I could google it i could like vaguely remember other games but uh hellboy hellboy looks looks really really pretty good um in terms of that style that style they've got that that particular style it's kind of this chunky black red high contrast yeah, yeah, it's it's very um, of that um, the, the the artist uh, Mike McNeola. is it's very his style. Um, and I think Nightingale like, looks really cool. I'm still not sure exactly what it is, but it looks cool. Did you guys see uh, Mandragora or Thank Goodness You're Here? 
Those both sound familiar, so maybe... Again, like, let me click around the million tabs I have open, because nothing is in the one spot. I saw Thank Goodness You're Here, as in I, 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 but I'm not familiar with it um, enough to, to, to... I know that it's made by the same people who made Untitled Goose Game. Alright, that's a... And that's it. Oh. Alright. That's definitely going to pique, pique some curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, it is a very... At one part they showed... During the trailer, they showed the main character apparently bouncing off someone else's butt cheeks. So, you know, it looks like they've gone full ham on this one. They've gone, what stupid stuff can we do this time? And uh, <laughs> I have no idea what it's about. Oh, yeah, I do remember this. I was also just, like, delighted. So it's like they're, like, just weirdly di- very kind of wholesome, not wholesome 2D art. Yeah. Like, adult swim, but maybe not kind of thing. Yeah, I was super delighted that something like this could, like, actually have a fairly front and center kind of showing. Yeah. I was, I was watching it, I'm like, I have no idea what this game is about, but I'm very interested. <laughs> yeah. They're calling it a slap former. I don't know if that is a genre <laughs> pioneered by Goose Game. <laughs> it's slap. <laughs> Slapping platformer. Although, is this again like a case of publisher rather than developer? I don't know. IGN said that it was um, from the same people. It, it's hard to tell because they don't they I, don't specify. I, whether I, it's I think it's a publisher yet. thing rather than a developer thing. But like, it, I could see it falling into like a like a house style for a publisher to have those two games <laughs> within there. Yeah. yeah. Within I feel like um, very, very at home next to the goose. Alright. Uh, let's go one more time around. Like, any final, final things that jump out at you? Um, or a collection of things? Or any themes? Or um, from the show? Um, my thing was, like, there was actually quite a lot of horror stuff. I noticed, I think I feel like I commented on that with, like, Summer Games Fest as well. Like, it just seems that it could be a good time to be into that as a theme if not as necessarily mm. survival horror because like there's a new little nightmares which apparently looks like really good yeah um, number three I um know. i for, like i'm getting this weird crazy nostalgia from doing like a seventh guest vr i have never played seventh guest but it is bringing back tactile memories of like being a school-aged kid my dad being subscribed to, like, this generally computer magazine that would have, like, four pages of game stuff for me always stealing it before he got the copy. <laughs> and I like, thought wow, that game was that, mentioned that, a lot. That is quite a sense memory. <laughs> and I was like, that, I swear that game must have just been mentioned, like, every other issue or something. Yeah. I have a lot. Of, uh, I think I have a lot of memories of games that I. I mean, every game like we're talking ninety ninety dollars as well. Like every game was ninety dollars in the nineties. Yeah, a lot of my memories of games are just like knowing what they are and being like mildly curious. Yeah, I mean, if you bought a game, you had to make it last for as long as possible because it was going to be a while before you got another one. Yeah. Oh, hundred dollar definitely. Oh yeah. I also, or- th- also think it's wild that we've got we've gone full circle on the Modern Warfare tri- trilogy again. Oh yeah, no that that can that can that can be put to bed. I feel from my 
Oh, they want to sell anyway. like 12 million copies though. Uh, oh, wasn't there was a whole bunch of people on Steam that was going to boycott it and then all the people that were in the boycott group were all playing, were playing it. The moment that the was game. like the original yeah. trilogy, wasn't that Modern Warfare 2 like back in 2010 or something? Well, um, I think th- that are they doing it again? Was... Like maybe history really is repeating. Yeah. Lightning strikes five times. Just if we keep <laughs> releasing it, they'll keep buying it. It's fine. And somehow they keep getting proved correct because that's exactly what happens. Yep. Um, Renee, what about you? Any any sort of final reflections, thoughts? Hmm. Like I said, I, if, the only other game that stood out to me was Mandragora, which looked mm. like a side-scrolling Castlevania Dark Souls, but with magic, as Ooh. well as, um, like, it looked like you could be a sorcerer class or a, a axe-wielding person. I was like, it's, it looks really interesting. Um, and, like, it didn't, they didn't show a lot of it, but Honestly, I, I just had a quick look before I was coming on, and I only found something. like I only found a small amount of trailers, so I've probably missed most of it. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just been... And that's the thing, like, I'm used to most places doing roundups where they have it all in one section, and it just seems like that that's not the case. They yeah. haven't really done that this time. But then, yeah, like I said, it's it's been it, it feels like it's been really messy trying to dig through Gamescom this year, trying to like pass all of this information, and there is a lot, and a lot of it's hidden. Um, it's like my uh, weird takeaway was like before I started digging through all these trailers, I was like, do we even need another like? Like I'm just wondering if there's even any like worth to, like all of these shows that still exist. Like I really feel like there's actually maybe enough content here to like justify it. And then I remember it's cool that Europe gets its own thing as well. But my gosh, the mess of like finding it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one of the indie I've been following from PAX Australia was over there, so. I'm like, it's cool that they're going to get more exposure to the Europeans, but also you, yep. you're not going to find anything about that in any of the outlets. No. Like, probably none of the websites will bother with it. Also, I'm now, based on current figures, guessing that Modern Warfare 3 will sell 30 million copies, so that is the reason for doing it. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> that is the reason for doing it. What I thought, I mean, for me, like, sort of closing out, like... <clears throat> there's been quite a few games over the last few years uh, from, well, particularly, I, I, I guess, like, Chinese developers. And it feels like they've had quite a strong showing this year as well. So, you know, you've got the Genshin Impacts and the Hon- uh, Honkai Star Rails you know, over the last couple of years. Um, and Genshin has such a huge, huge... Genshin has become massive. It's yeah. so massive. It's just ridiculously massive. And that's great. <clears throat> and, like, just even even a cursory scroll through this really hard-to-find information over Gamescom, like Project Mugen um, from, from NetEase. Uh, 
that's that's kind of like an anime inspired Spider-Man sort of like traversing through urban urban landscapes uh, action game Zenda Zone Zero um, where winds meet is particularly interesting it looks like Ghost of Tsushima but set yeah, in China instead of Japan right? and it's got <clears throat> it's got all the ridiculous over the top like um, martial art type of 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 you know, flying in, flying in the sky oh, and darting from, like from the kung fu movies. Yeah, from all those kung fu movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. that type of like really old school kung fu movies, uh, martial martial arts, and and set in like twelfth, tenth century China. China. Yeah, I so, really so legit want to play that actually. <laughs> that looks really good. And I was watching the trailer. I'm like the bits where they do all the special powers and things like. Oh, that is very cool because that speaks to sort of a lot of the stories that I grew up with. Um, but then there's the bits where they're running, where it's a guy on a horse and riding through the forest. I'm like that looks exactly out of Ghost of Tsushima. Like just oh, like, it, it's pretty shameless. I don't think. <laughs> It's pretty much like this is exactly Ghost of Tsushima. It um, is 100% Ghost of Tsushima in China. In China. But it looks really good, though. Like, yeah, if you're going to make really a Ghost good. of Tsushima clone, go this yeah, hard. This, go this hard. Yeah. And um, and another game that I've also done a player two plays video for um, a few, several months ago, called Wandering Sword. They also got a trailer here, and I'm like, oh, I like that little game. It's again another like sort of Chinese historical martial art inspired, um, like uh, Crouching Tiger, f- um, Hidden Dragon type of of um, story. And, and so, Where Winds Beat is similar, like that type of like Crouching Tiger style um, of people just flying around with swords um and wandering sword is like a 2d uh turn-based rpg and it looks it plays pretty much like um an old school mid-90s um super nintendo uh, 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 uh turn-based rpg like jrpg old school and, but you've got Chinese characters instead of um, instead of Japanese, Japanese ones, or fantastical or whatever, yeah, or fantastical, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, even just like scrolling through, I'm seeing quite a lot more of um more Chinese developers. That's not surprising. It would be it would be good, I guess, just generally for 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 my for my own perspective is just to see more Asian perspective, uh, Asian more developers as Asia, a whole. Yeah, yeah, more parts of Asia generally. The thing is, is that the one I was talking about earlier was actually Toge Productions, the ones who do um, Coffee Talk. Uh, they also publish a Space for the Unbound. They actually are an Indonesian publisher. Yes, Space for the Unbound, yes. So, um, yeah, they were at Gamescon as well. Oh, were they? Yes, yeah. <gasps> they were next to Chicken Night, I believe, was the booth that they were next do but yeah it, and that's the thing like there is i mean there is more chinese stuff coming in mm. there's definitely heaps of japanese stuff we're yeah. not really we're kind of getting some korean stuff but then it's just it feels like indonesia is so close to us but we don't have we, like, yeah. I, if you ask the australians they probably would only tell you oh that's where bali is and not much yeah. else yeah 
There's there's quite a yeah there's quite a strong developer pro- presence in um in, in Indonesia. Space for the Unbound was mm, chef's kiss. Um, and who did you say was over there? Uh, Chicken Night, I believe, but it was Toge Productions, so they're the ones who do mm. Space for the Unbound, Coffee Talk, and a couple of other Indonesian developers. They publish the games for them. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, they were actually yeah. at Axe Australia last year. Oh, nice. I didn't realize they were here at PAX. I didn't go to PAX last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, um... they were promoting a space for the Unbound. Yeah, that is. That speaks to me, that game. That is, that is an amazing one. Um, but, uh, I think on that note, we might just call it, call an end to this, um, particular episode of Player Two Plays. Asia takes um, over cast. <laughs> I mean, it's just, there's, there's, there's developers everywhere, right? And it's, it's always good to, and I think Gamescom, because it is, like, if uh, another thing that, I just didn't want to jump 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 back into the discussion, but like another thing that fused to me, like Gamescom has a lot more sort of PC. Um, oh yeah, you would definitely, especially for Germany, you're going to get that. Yeah, I and mean, so like a lot, based, like. a lot of these like sort of um, indie games, particularly like from Asia, I mean, a lot of this self-published stuff is coming out on PC. So like, if anything else, Gamescom is probably probably the place to be like yeah you're speaking to that audience for um where it's that where they have a, a, a shared platform um yeah, yeah you know so. your audience will be in attendance yeah so so, so that's about finding E3 yeah and is expecting one of the yeah. three. there's another massive chinese game that got a lot of coverage but i'm not going to mention yeah them because because, sexism. because the developers are terrible because extreme sexism, it, which is a shame, because it actually does look pretty good. But yeah, it's, the uh, game the game looks good, but like they have the developers have doubled down on both sexism but also exploitation of their workers. Oh, so. cool, 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 cool. So I'm not going to mention uh, that game. And on that note, we're going to call an end to this to this particular episode. Thank you very much um, to Renee and Tim for joining us on this episode. Uh, Renee, where can people find you on the internet, and where can um, do you have anything? You you recently put up, I think, a uh, short uh, a short video for on, on our Instagram and TikTok channels. Uh, yes, I've started the Law Bites, which is just little snippets of Final Fantasy fourteen lore that a lot of people will probably miss because you need to actually read stuff to find it. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Scree06, I'm on Freds as Scree06 as well, and I'm on Blue Sky at just Scree. Very ah. nice. And Tim, where can people find you, and do you have anything up on the on the uh, website, or anything to plug? I did, and then I didn't, and we'll get back to that after the show. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm still technically on Twitter, but at, at, at this point it's been... I've. It's like the process is happening. I've moved it off my front of my phone and like back into the app drawer. It's basically just there because not everybody has Blue Sky yet. And because Blue Sky also doesn't seem to have direct messages yet. But yeah, I'm, it doesn't. It's supposed to be the next thing coming, apparently. I am pretend beard on both and starting to very strongly favor the much nicer one. And I'll let that be pretty obvious as to which one of those two that is. I should enjoy these like two years of Blue Sky before it also becomes terrible. I was going to say. This guy's looking rather blue. 
Blue, blue yeah. sky. Um, and you can find me at Pixel Hunt on on Twitter, and I do have a Pix Blue Sky account at Pixel Hunt as well. Oh, I've reached that a that part of my grumpy grumpy old life um, where I just don't want to just download apps anymore. I, mean, I am get, so resistant. But if it's, if it's just like shit you don't want, that's the beauty of Blue Sky. <laughs> like oh, the first time I like actually had a like bothered to look at it when I had a few friends registered it's like oh there's like no bullshit here (laughs) this is so much nicer it hasn't piled up yet um but on that Uh, note thank you very much oh (laughs) I was gonna say it's still invite only so as soon as it becomes public then we'll all be in trouble that is true uh but this show is always open to public and never invite only. Thank you very much. And we're out. How would we even make an invite only? Uh paid. That's paid not invite, that's 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 bribery. That's a straight up racing the palm. Yeah. It's an invite. invite. You get an invite. Yeah, we get an invite. Party's right. invite only. See? You got fifty bucks. Yeah, the invite costs. Invites are for sale at the newsagent around the corners.